0: Hey, this is Alan Robert from Life of Agony, and you're listening to Thunder Underground.
1: Welcome to episode 293 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always, and this week we've got a very good one because we've got Alan Robert of Life of Agony returning to the podcast. What do you think about that?
2: I love it. Talk about an honor to have the very Mr. Chill Alan Robert back on the show um, from one of our favorite bands. Life is good. I don't know what else to say. That's right. What can you say? Well, I know what I can say is check this out.
1: Alan Robert was on this episode, mm-hmm. on this podcast, on episode two thirty-five. That was October twenty-fourth. <laughs> nice twenty-nineteens when we released that. Yeah. So almost a year to the day. It'll be October twenty-eighth, twenty-twenty, when this comes out. So the same week, basically. Right. A year later, we've got him back, and not right. only that. It's Halloween week.
2: Exactly. And if you don't know what that has to do with anything, it's because of his beauty of horror. It seems like maybe next year when he said his next you know, Halloween-themed thing coming out, we'll get him back. Yeah. Maybe that'll be, maybe
1: be our new thing. We definitely have Alan Robert
2: in October every year.
1: Yes. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about Alan Robert's stuff and, of course, talk to Alan Robert here in a bit few other things, but first we need to let you know that we're sponsored by MedFarm. It's a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a great selection and you can check it all out online at leafly.com. You can also check out their website, medfarmok.com. That's P-H-A-R-M. Follow them on Instagram, medfarmok, and Facebook as MedFarm. They're always running specials. So follow their social media so you don't miss any of that. And one of their specials that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. And above all else, they are cannabis with a cause. 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. That's a great cause that I can't stress enough that it's worth your drive of an extra 10 or 15 minutes from wherever you're at in a Tulsa area to get over there and buy from them. So a third of what you're paying is going to something cool. And very well needed. So, a huge thank you to MedFarm for that and for sponsoring our podcast.
2: Also, hella hot hot sauce.com. <laughs> awesome. I was about to say dot com, but <laughs> yeah. hey, you go. Do, just do you, man. I just you're, got on a roll. You're the sponsor guy. Fuck me. I'm not going
1: to cut that out because that's funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> I meant to say hella hot hot sauce, and then it just. The dot com rolled off the tongue. So now you know their website. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. They're a. Small mom-and-pop style company located in the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small-batch artisan hot sauces, and you know where you can check them all out, and that's hellhothotsauce.com. They've got several ch- sauces to choose from, and they've also got some collaborations that they do with musicians, rock artists. They've done one with Ghoul, called Brain Jerk, and they've also done one with Florida Frank from Hate Breed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. When we had Florida Frank on the podcast, he talked about how that all came together. So get on their website, check them out. If you're in the California or the West Coast area, they sell them a lot of stores over there. If you're anywhere else, hit them up on their website and check out some of this sauce, because it'll burn you, but it's great flavorful stuff. We love it, so check out Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Also, Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Located at 3416 30, East 15th Street. Get over there or give them a call. Shoot them a message so they can set up a time to talk about what work you need to have done. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. They're state licensed. They are mother approved. And their tattoos are done good and proper. You can check out all their work on their Facebook, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. And their Instagram is also at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. So give them a call, get over there, and tell them Thunder Underground sent you. Finally, we've got DEB Concerts, a promoter located in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who brings a ton of great shows to the downtown Tulsa area. They also book the Roadhouse Stage at Rocklahoma every year. They've got a great show coming on December 12th. Lita Ford will be performing acoustically with Patrick Kennison. Something you don't want to miss because you don't get the opportunity to see Lita Ford acoustic that often. The show will also feature Palandria acoustic as well, full band I believe. So get on debconcerts.com to find out ticket info and to be kept up to date on any of the future shows or any shows that were postponed. We'll also keep you up to date here as well. Ideal Barm is where that's at, and the Lita Ford show will actually be hosted by Eddie Trunk. He hosts most of the shows out there, so it'll be good to see him back. I know he hasn't done. The last couple shows they've done during the pandemic, for obvious reasons, because it's harder to travel, but Eddie will be back in December, so get out there and don't miss that one. Now, speaking of DEB concerts, this past Friday night, John Karabi came to town, played acoustic, and they had Rocket Science opening that show, and recorded a podcast with John Karabi. Oh yeah. And it was quite excellent. It was over an hour. From an hour and ten minutes worth of stuff. Can't wait to hear that one. Yeah. Talking about everything going on. One of the things was talking about doing shows during a pandemic. He did a couple shows. He did Kansas City and then Tulsa. And he did a couple other ones earlier in the summer, I think. But really looking forward to getting that one out. That's a guy that I've been a massive fan of for a long-ass time. I know you have, too. Of course. Really excited to finally get him on here. Rub Beach is another guy that falls into that category of people we've always wanted to have on this podcast, and we just literally recorded an interview with him right before we started recording this.
2: That's right. What, what a great dude.
1: Yeah, talking about Winger, Whitesnake, Black Swan, and he even has a new instrumental solo album coming out next Friday, so look for that on November 6th. That one will be coming up soon. We've also got a ton more coming. We'll probably mention those later. Right. But what else do we got to
2: talk about? We didn't even really no. say, which, is there anything to talk about? Which is about? great, because we can wing it if you got something. Yeah, but I don't know that I have anything, to you? <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I mean, kind of what we talked about earlier, just... Um, oh, we're going to talk about Tommy Vex, huh? Oh, God. Well, anyways. <laughs>
1: hey, we mind. love Tommy Vex music. It's cool.
2: Yeah, no, it, it <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter, whatever. You know, like I said... That's fucking... the subject. People can do what they want. And if yeah. you've got a
1: problem with it, that's your fucking problem.
2: Like I said, fucking James Hetfield's probably voting for Trump, so whatever. And yeah. it doesn't matter, you know, who I'm voting for. Who, I don't care if voting you're voting for Trump or vote.
1: Biden, you're both wrong. Okay, <laughs> go on. Jesus
2: Christ. <laughs> Who's wronger? But anyways... They're again. evenly wronger. Go on. <laughs> oh my God. Anyhow, but it doesn't matter. It, it, and... But I could just, you know, I mean, kind of what I talked about earlier, just kind of the, some new stuff today I listened to at work, um, which I think is great. I listened to a guy, uh, a guy by the name of Derek Day. I really dug it and I kind of forwarded it on to you and you ended up listening to a few songs. Yeah. So we could go into that. I mean, what did you think? I
1: dug it. Like, like you said, it was, it's something a little different. It wasn't a carbon copy type thing of anything out there. It, it had elements of stuff and mm-hmm. it was cool when it started. I thought, well, maybe this is an instrumental guitar thing. Right. The first song you had sent. And then it went into what it was. And I'm like, this almost has like a funk vibe. Then it had like a, it almost reminded me of the darkness at times. And then, right. Then there was like a weird kid, Marilyn Manson vibe at times. And
2: then it was all just kind of mixed together. He, he'll go into that falsetto. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the click on me, I love the whole thing about the internet and, you know, how is it that a place with nothing going on is the place to be and that lyrical thing. And, you know, his playing is, is the, it's, it, it harkens back to the 70s, but not just the normal 70s, like the, the bombast and the, the, the brightness of, you know, Tommy Bolin and shit like that. And it was really cool. And that was a... That was something I did not expect to hear when I woke up this morning.
1: And he, is he produced by Vernon Reed? Is yes, that why you kind of him? Okay. Yeah, he kind of, um
2: <laughs> Vernon Reed is kind of taking him under his wing. And if you don't know who Vernon Reed is, I feel very sorry for you.
1: Turn this episode off. Yeah, ex-
2: no. <laughs> exactly. Turn it off.
1: No, and, you need to
2: listen to Alan Robert and then turn it <laughs> off. Yeah. Slap right. yourself in the mirrors, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was great. And then I heard a new band today called Mess of Wires, which is, um, they're signed to Roadrunner. They're young kids. Uh, real real grungy, 90s kind of sound. Um, but, you know, they, they got chops. They can play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's one talking point. Well,
1: another talking point is, Seven Dust and Armored Saint both released albums.
2: Yeah, there's that too. Last Friday. And
1: first listen on both of them, to me, was just what I kind of expected. Those are both bands that don't ever dip below the level of good. (laughs) Right. You always know you're going to get quality from either of them. Especially, you know, Seven Dust, because they release albums every two years. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing it for over 20 years now. and it's always exceptional and mm-hmm. this album's no different it's right. like 12 13 songs of great 7 dust and then but armored saint for me the second listen through i'm like man this this thing's going to be contending for album of the year in my opinion I'll, that's oh, how I much agree. i loved it
2: i agree and that speaks to that speaks to our age and what we really like and where we come from yeah because that that kind of genre that kind of sound is is custom made, tailor made for dudes like us. Yeah. It really is. Um Seven Dust is great. You always know what you're gonna get with Seven Dust. You're never gonna get anything shitty. You're never gonna get anything that's not a hundred percent. Yeah. Um and this is, you know, Blood and Stone is no different. And I really like uh the day I tried to live, you know, being able to just put on the sing all, all the singles on YouTube. Um but man, this armored Saint Fuck me, what a record. I mean, just the 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 performances, the vocals are amazing. I mean I I, I don't know. This this one is uh it's gonna be tough to beat, man. Yeah. It really is.
1: Yeah, we're talking one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Right. In fact, I don't know if I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but that time we met him. Weren't you with me? Yeah. Yeah. When we met him at Rocklahoma okay. in like two thousand eight, I straight up fanboyed out because I'm like, this is John Bush, one of my favorite singers ever. And I said I was like nervous as fuck, but still at the same time I was just like super excited. I'm just like, I said, You are the greatest heavy metal singer of all time. And his response was, Wow, I really appreciate that, but I guess you've never heard of Rob Halford or Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> And I said, "Well, okay, you're my favorite of all time." He's like, "All right, that makes more sense." I was like,
2: <laughs> "Do you remember? Do you remember the 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 crowd wrangler bitch that was like working that meet and greet? She was the biggest bitch in the fucking world. I forgot all about that. She was so that. mean to goddamn everybody. And I don't like to get off on calling people, women, anybody bitches. But she was a fucking bitch. Fuck her, (laughs) wherever she's at. I hope she works at a Casey somewhere in fucking Indiana, because she sucked, and she was mean.
1: (laughs) Well, I know it's a different company right now, because I've worked with those people, and so there's better people doing that stuff now. (laughs) When you know (laughs) we went through the Blackstone Cherry
2: one, you know, last year. Well, see, this was way back when Rocklehoma was not really... It was a wild, wild west, 2008. There were still like, you know, swinger parties going on in the tents way in the back of the campgrounds and shit. Yeah. Just fucked up shit going on. (laughs) Back when you could bring your pets. I mean, just terrible shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them. Right. So anyways, yeah, she sucked ass. The point of all that is you need to check out that
1: Armand Saint album and that 7 Dust album. (laughs) Yes,
2: yeah, check all these albums out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's great stuff, and we'll definitely be talking about those again on our Best of 2020 episode, I'm sure. And another one that's coming out next week is Alter Bridge has a new EP coming out, and we just recorded a a video review that'll be on our YouTube channel. I believe it should be on there by the time you're hearing this, if not. Going to be on there in the next day or two. So subscribe to us at, at the Thunder Underground. It's called Walk the Sky 2.0. It's got six live tracks, and they're all from the album Walk the Sky that came out last year. All great songs, and it also kicks off with a brand new song that they actually recorded in the last few months. It's not a B-side or anything, it's a brand new track called Last Rights, which has a the vibe that you know, lyrically, it's kind of about the times and everything, so... And it's, you know, classic, memorable altar bridge. So check out our video on what we talk about that. But yeah, I think... I can't think of much else. I, I went to the World Series, but that's not anything to do with music. <laughs> yeah, but hey, go you. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, two games, and since it was at the neutral side in Dallas, at the brand new Texas Rangers Stadium... Got the chance to go down there and just, I know the Mets aren't going to be in there anytime soon, probably. And even if they are, it'll probably be in New York or whatever other city they're playing. So the fact that it was only four hours away, had to make that trip. Made it with Kevin Graham, who you've heard that name on this podcast multiple times because he is a diehard fan of hard rock and heavy metal as well. So that's my tie in music there, I guess. <laughs> so I guess moving into the Alan Roberts stuff. Like Jason mentioned up front, The Beauty of Horror is his coloring book series that's been out for several years now. He's on the fourth edition of the the main full book. He's also got other smaller stuff that comes out, like he's got the Haunt This journal that we talk about. Right. Which is, I think that just came out recently as well. Which is very cool. And he's doing a lot of stuff with that. So if you're into art or coloring at all this is kind of like he speaks about here. And I think he spoke about it last year when we talked to him, there wasn't anything really, at least on a mainstream level that you could find that was out there dealing with the genre of like, you know, horror and gore and that kind of thing. It was always bright unicorns and, you know, live life, live, love life, whatever kind of stuff, you know? And so Alan Robert kind of filled a niche and it's kind of worked for him because he's at all these horror conventions. Well, obviously not this year, but you know, when that's exactly. going on, yeah. kind of made him a name for himself in that world. And I mean, we already knew he was a great artist because if you're a Life of Agony fan, you knew that he has handled all their stuff throughout the years. And he what posted that image recently of the, the conceptual drawing, I guess, for the Ugly cover. Ugly, yeah, yeah. When it was the 25th anniversary.
2: Which is a great fucking record. Yeah. I mean, we don't need, we don't need to go into that or do we? I don't Let's know. Let's go into it. Man,
1: <laughs> well, we kind of go into it with him a little bit. Yeah, it's bit, a but... defining
2: for me. It's a defining record. It's it's just like it's up there with Master of Puppets. It's up there with Pride and Glory. It's up there with the Motley Crue self titled. Um, you know, it's up there with Boston's first record. Um, it's just an amazing. It, it, it's
1: that's heavy duty company
2: there. It's yeah. life. It's life saving for me. So, yeah, and, and I have it on vinyl, and it's fucking badass. Yeah. All that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the album that I was, I think we both were kind of inter- introduced to Life of Agony
2: yeah. when it came out. I knew yeah. all the shit from Headbangers Ball, River Undread, and this time. I'm like, and, like, you know, Sam Garcia, shout out Sam Garcia. He he is an old high school buddy from Music Theory that is still kept in touch with me. Um, but Travis Taylor, and he was those, always
1: into all the the heaviest, all the stuff. heaviest stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, it, whatever Sam Garcia and Travis Taylor and Brandon Blue were listening to, that's what you had to listen to, and that was the. That so they was, were the that was the legit shit. So they were like the <laughs> the
1: the benchmarks for right, the Broken Arrow High right. School and in the
2: early to mid nineties. Exactly. Okay. And no one knows what we're talking about, but just you and me. <laughs> um, and, and uh so. Uh, you know all those. I knew about. I knew about them and I was like, "That's cool. I dig it." But it was when Ugly came out that I was like, "Holy shit! Stop the presses! What's going on here? I got. I gotta. I gotta get into this." And it, it changed. It changed everything for me. It really did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To me, they were kind of. After Corrosion and Conformity, I think they were the first band I kind of got into that was. They were mainstream, but they weren't like they didn't have songs getting played on the radio. Right. And, you know, I'd already liked obviously other stuff that, you know, Anthrax wasn't ever getting played on the radio right here. Mm-hmm. All the stuff from the early nineties, but kind of that mid nineties stuff. And that kind of sent me in that direction of like, it was the same time I was, you know, a year afterward really getting the typo negative and Ex- see, and exactly. helmet and biohazard, all that New York stuff. Yeah. And Life they they, they, they were of, right
2: and. in the middle of that. And it was, it was perfect. Yeah. It's like, you, like, I couldn't wait to get, go to New York City. Yeah. <laughs> and I still haven't been. Really? My like fucking <laughs> suburban ass. Fuck
1: me. <laughs> I've been a few times, but I would still like to go there and get a tattoo from, uh, from Vinny. Vinny, yeah. Rub it in. <laughs> Rub it in. Well, I didn't get the tattoo, but yeah. <laughs> right. I've been to some Mets <laughs> games and stuff like that, but. <laughs> One of these days that'll that'll be what we plan the trip around. We should go to a Life yeah. of Agony show in like twenty twenty two or something. Yeah.
2: get 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 a get a tattoo from Stigma. Yeah. Go to go to your Mets game. Let's yeah. do
1: this. <laughs> right. <laughs> we should quit rambling and let Alan Robert do some talking. Here's Alan Robert from Life of Agony.
0: next year and we're hoping that those happen but we'll see. Yeah. You know, yeah. we we were gonna leave on March 13th, Friday 13th to start our US tour, and that was the day everything shut down. So we actually never left uh home. Right,
1: right. Wow. Just kind of jumping into the, the current stuff, you've got the fourth edition of Beauty of Horror out and the Haunt This Journal both came out recently. Like what's the kind of what's the difference between the Haunt This journal compared to the to the books
0: well the coloring book series um uh is completely different actually the the journal it was funny because the publisher came to me and they said would you want to do a beauty of horror journal guided journal and i didn't know what a guided journal was i just thought they wanted to put you know like uh, some artwork on the cover and the back cover and and have it to be like aligned um you know 200 page journal that you could just write your thoughts into you know um and they gave me a deadline for it and um that deadline was creeping up and I had done a cover for it and they said oh no no every page has to have a prompt (laughs) (laughs) and and I was about to leave on tour and like I said (laughs) you know (laughs) um I would have totally blew that deadline out of the water and um you know, COVID happened. And then I actually got to wrap my head around what they were talking about. And these guided journals, I don't know um, what you, you guys grew up in, but um, I was born in 71. And I guess when I was about seven or eight, they had these um, these books called the Anti-Coloring Book. And uh, there was a whole series of them. And um, basically every page kind of inspired you to, draw something or write something creative, you know, what are you, what are you going to look like in the future and all this stuff? And um, me and my sister love them. But nowadays they took that idea and they made these guided journals where you can destroy the book with every page. Um, There's books called uh, create, create this book and wreck this journal. So this is kind of like the horror version of that um this is the beauty of horror haunt this journal and every page kind of inspires you to connect with spirits and creep yourself out and um it's a lot of fun there's a ouija board in it um and all kinds of stuff to really um you know when you're alone at night and uh you're scared to go to bed uh and you're thinking about what did i do in this book um that's the whole vibe
2: right yeah i I was looking at some of
0: the stills and
2: the uh tell your friends a scary story holding a flashlight to your face i mean now now because of that you know a lot of kids or a lot of people are just going to make up their own scary stories so
0: it really kind of
2: tips off creativity
0: yeah absolutely and you know there's there's some stuff in here um that we tried out uh with my family as i was writing the book um you know when you uh record when you record like a voice memo with your phone and you ask the spirit um something and then you listen back to the recording and turn it all the way up to the point that it's just like almost white noise and sometimes you hear some stuff in there um so there's some cool stuff like that and it kind of reminds me of like when um last year when life of agony um we filmed our lay down video in this real haunted house in jersey uh, it's called white white hill mansion in fieldsboro new jersey and um someone was murdered in the basement and um and we you just knew there was entities in this house you know you could feel it under your skin and and that's what this book try, tries to do is really connect with that feeling
1: well i guess in a weird way like covid was almost a blessing so you could get that finished in time
0: <laughs> oh my god I, I haven't stopped that's the thing yeah. you know like between the haunt this journal and a uh, beauty of horror 4 um which was so much fun to draw because number one it's every page is a parody of a horror movie that i grew up on um so you got everything in there from the exorcist to they live to uh America werewolf from london and day of the dead amityville horror all that stuff um so it was so much fun to draw but being that all the band's plans were kind of wiped out this year um i wasn't rushing to finish it i really got to enjoy it and uh and it kept me busy it kept me sane you know while every everything was locked down uh gave me a purpose to, to do something every day to wake up to um and be creative. So it was awesome, actually.
2: You know, how how long is the process of like one drawing, and, and then, uh, you know, or the entire collection? I mean, from start to finish, how, or does it just vary? It just depends on you know where your inspiration's at.
0: Well, day one and day two are like, that's a, that's the hardest hurdle because it's like, okay, what's this book about? What. I make my long list of things that I want to draw. And then it's just kind of like <clears throat> doing all the research uh, to get all the little details, right. Um, and it takes a while. It takes about a week and a half to really get into a groove to draw a book for me. Um, and, you know, these, these larger books, I've done some smaller books, but the larger books um, are almost 90 pages. So uh, once you get a good 20 pages, 20 pages done, then you could kind of see where it's going to go. But I'd say I do a page a day um, without, you know, killing anybody. Um, (laughs) You know, like if I'm on deadlines in between tours, I'll try and get up to two, three pages a day, and I'm just completely burn myself out like that.
1: Well, obviously with the, the new one, you got the inspiration from, like you said, classic horror movies but where do you get the inspiration from if you're just sitting down to come up with you know just something out of your head basically
0: well every book so far has had a theme so i I, you know it's really um it's one thing for me to really just uh figure out what i'm gonna want to spend many months drawing um without losing steam you know because it, it is a lot of uh images and um and I really want to have fun with it. And I want the the people that are coloring it to be inspired, too. So it really is a labor of love, you know, and um, <clears throat> so coming up with the idea for the theme of the book um, is almost everything because that's like the jump off point. So like book one of The Beauty of Horror was I just set out to make the ultimate horror coloring book because one didn't exist at the time. This was going back 2016. And um, all the adult coloring books out there were flowers and mandalas and nature stuff. Yeah. And there was nothing for me to color in. So <laughs> I, I wanted to make my own coloring book. So um, yeah, thankfully that became a, a big hit and it allowed me to uh, really dive into the world of the creatures and the monsters that I created in the first book. And uh, I created this uh, little cool a character named Guliana and she kind of took over the series. Um, and uh, so the second book went into her haunted mansion and all of her spooky relatives and undead creatures and things that she's been collecting over the years. Um, so that was called Giuliana's Creepatorium. And then part three uh, went into, like, a whole haunted playgrounds vibe with carnivals and clowns and... Um, rides and all that kinds of stuff uh so part four um like i said is just like every basically guliana and all her undead friends are recreating uh famous horror scenes uh so for me it was like the ultimate experience you know i got to you know uh put all my favorites in there
2: i noticed in your post about uh the anniversary of Ugly, you kind of had some uh, drawings of the uh, like some early drawings of the artwork. Have you ever thought of, uh, you know, a book of drawings related to Life of Agony, like in a more
0: formal sense? Yeah, we've been talking about a bunch of things like that, you know, because yeah. I have so so many things saved over the years. I'm one of those pack rats that just saves everything and all the old flyers from, you know, the the late '80s and early '90s and. All the I mean, I, I drew every t-shirt over the last 30 years, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so it's been a lot, it's been a lot, and, you know, not only that, but uh, I have all the original lyric sheets and um, lots of memorabilia, it would be nice to put that in one, you know, coffee table book one day.
1: We, last time we talked to you was about a year ago, and, you know, you talked about all the Fans you had gained outside of Life Agony through like the horror conventions and everything. And I've noticed, you know, like your post the other day saying that it, you know, they're now like displayed in Whole Foods and in Target. And we've, Jason seen them in Walmart and stuff. So it's kind of like really taken off. So that's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, it's been great. And, you know, what really has given the, the beauty of horror such momentum is all the people coloring it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm only doing half the job. I'm just doing all the line work. It's the people that uh, constantly, every day, just putting all their creativity into these pages with their color work and bringing them to life. That's what is inspiring to me because, um, first of all, it's everywhere. It's on all the social media platforms and, um, and people are having so much fun with it. Um, I didn't realize there were so many horror fans that like the color, <laughs> um, but there are, and, uh, they're fantastic. I, I can't color like that, you know,
1: as far as life agony goes, I mean, sound of scars came out almost right about a year ago. Like when you look back at it being out now for a year, you know, as far as like the critical reception and everything was high, like what are your thoughts now where it sets and for in your catalog?
0: It's definitely one of my favorite, if not my favorite album that we've done. Um, You know, I wish we could have been out all this year uh, supporting it. um, But such is life, you know. Uh, But um, even even the couple of tours that we did uh, at the end of twenty nineteen, when we started to introduce some of the new material, you know, fans really, really loved it. some great circle pits for empty hole, um in in some live videos you could see online. Um, but yeah, we got back to, you know, making music um as a group that we we just put our heart and soul into and um and it really continued the story of River Undred. And um it was just so kind of cosmic that it came out Basically, 26 years to the day, um, apart.
1: Well, I know it's kind of probably early talk as well, but have you guys like had any
0: conversations
1: about the next album?
0: Sure. You know, we talk all the time, and you know, while everyone's filling up their lives with, you know, things that keep them occupied, you know, that's definitely on our minds too. And, um, and as our dates, uh, as we get closer and closer to hopefully playing live shows again, um, you know, I'm sure uh, as things start to get better and, and a little less stressful um, with the health situation, uh, hopefully we could get back in the studio again.
1: And as far as anniversaries go, it was just the anniversary of Ugly as well. And I mean, that's my personal favorite album of yours. I think it's
2: Jason's as well. Love Speaking it. on
1: that, yeah. man. But like like looking back on that as well, like twenty five years later, do you like what kind of memories do you have, at least as far as the writing and recording goes of that album?
0: Um Ugly Ugly was a tough one, man. It was like uh it was a rocky part of um of the band's history, I think, you know? And um and we were we were e- experimental, we tried a new producer. Um, there was a lot of things going on at that time. So for me, um, you know, there's some, there's some, a handful of songs on that record that I absolutely love. And I actually, there, we still play them live. Like songs like Lost at 22 and Other Side of the River. Um, those have been like staples in our set all these years. Um, but there's a lot of songs on that record that we hardly ever played it. Maybe we never played them at all. Um, I know when Veronica Bellino uh, joined the band um, on drums, we, uh, we played two shows in Brooklyn um, to kind of introduce her. And um, we learned like 20, 25 songs that we haven't played in a long, long time. And we started playing uh, some songs off of Ugly that uh, we may have never played or hadn't played in many, many years so I remember we added unstable in, into the set and um, seasons. Um, there's a couple of other ones that um, we just played for those gigs, and it was a lot of fun actually.
2: Was it was it difficult at all just pulling those back out and kind of getting familiar with them
0: again? Uh, I think you know once you once you start going back to the old records and just listening again, because I'm not one to. Go and listen to our own stuff. So yeah. just that experience alone is uh, kind of foreign to me. <laughs> uh, but to hear how it sounds on the record, um, all these years later, you know, you, you get back into it. it. It comes. It's like riding a bike.
1: Well, I've got a question about other side of the river. Like I might, I might be off base with this, but I always, you know, since rivers in the title and it's the song's about lyrically about. Suicide, I always kind of assumed it was a continuation of the story from River Runs Red. Does it fall into place with that and Sound of Scars and that whole story, or is it like kind of a standalone thing?
0: Yeah, I think that one's a standalone. It was more about, um, it's almost like a suicide pack gone wrong um, where one person survives. Um, yeah, it was written at, shortly after River Runs Red, though. It was like one of the first ones we wrote for. Uh, Ugly. Something
1: else I always kind of wondered is, one thing I've always loved about Life of Agony is the fact that every album, your guys' sound has shifted a little bit. And like early on, when you guys did that with Ugly, since Mm -hmm. that was the first time people you know, heard that happen, did you have any notice any backlash from fans at all? Because to me, I didn't think one way or the other, because Ugly is kind of where I got introduced to you guys, and then I went backwards.
0: Oh, yeah, we got slammed for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, this isn't River on What the hell is this? You know. <laughs> um, but we did that with every record, so it's kind of fun for us. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, these things, they kind of grow over time, you know, because now, like you guys are saying, it's one of your favorite records of the catalog. And, um, you know, time has a way of doing that. Um, and, um, like I said, there's a lot of songs on there that we play, you know, most shows and, um, they become classic L.O.A. songs. Um, and, you know, even at the time, uh, even though it was very different than River Run Dread, those songs worked well, um in a compliment, complimentary, complementary way to the river's material. When it, we would play lost of 22 and then go into, um, I regret and then, you know, shift it to this time, you know, and the set is somehow it all worked. You know, we have all these, um, different styles and, uh, at the end of the day, a, a good song is a good song. And, um, and they have a lot of different, Messages and and intensities, and I think that's part of what makes a good live set is having all those dynamics.
2: Well, and and, you know, I think we might have even touched on this last time, but I mean, it it still needs to be said that you know, no matter what record we're talking about, it's undeniably you guys, and not every band can do that, and that's just a a great calling card to have, and it's a, a pretty cool feat to pull off.
0: Well, we we definitely didn't. um, We set out never to really repeat ourselves Um, musically. We didn't want any record to sound like, um, you know, a ripoff of of ourselves in a way. Um, And even Sound of Scars*, even though it's a continuation of River on Dread, um, the storyline and the narrative um, musically is very different. You know, and there's, um, you could hear the maturity in it, I think, you know, and when we went into it, knowing that it was going to be a continuation of River on Tread, um, we purposely weren't trying to, you know, recreate who we were at 18 years old. Um, we didn't want to force anything. This was a very organic record, the Sound of Scores, and, um, and, uh, it, was very, it all came very naturally and and it flowed, um, you know, from a very real place. When
1: you're writing music now, like for The Sound of Scars, for instance, like obviously lyrical content in your mind will change definitely from when you're around 20 to when you're in your mid to late 40s. But like, how does, how does your approach to music change over that time period?
0: Well, I think that, um, you know, being that we're alive, rock band basically um we we have so much experience with the live show and i think we know when certain musical parts are going to work in the live environment and which ones won't um which one which pieces of music that are great to like lay on your bed with headphones and just zone out to we have parts like that too but there's, I think, with Sound of Scars, we amped up the the live parts um, of the material, and we got more groovy, and um, there's some more natural dynamics in the songs themselves, and um, and I think we were very, we honed in on that, and um, that's what jumps out at, at you when you're listening to it
1: throughout this year outside of all your work on the media horror stuff like how have you spent your personal time during this downtime of the pandemic uh
0: playing a lot of animal crossing <laughs> 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 we we got a um i have a 12 year old daughter and um <clears throat> we got a nintendo switch right before the pandemic and um thank god <laughs> because <laughs> because uh i don't know if you guys play animal crossing but i have not Um, (laughs) it's basically you start on an island and um i guess like the sims or any of these other kind of you know build your own world games uh you, you basically start with nothing and the more that you do activities on the island you gain uh money and you can buy a house and uh you know outfits and this and that so i'm walking around this uh animal crossing with a Jason Friday 13th mask, (laughs) a a bone costume, and axes, and I'm hunting scorpions while my daughter's making, like, Candyland House. Uh, It was a lot of fun.
1: Is it, like, in the same –
0: are they both in the same world 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 together, or is it two separate? Yeah. I have, like, the haunted house on the island. She has, like, Candyland. Okay. (laughs) Cool,
1: man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time with us again.
0: Had a good time. (laughs) Cool. Thanks for having me. Awesome, guys. Stay safe. All right. You and too. hopefully we'll get out of this mess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we
1: can right. talk to you
0: again. it is
1: There you go. Alan Robert of Life of Agony and the man behind the beauty of horror. A huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman Promotions for helping out with that and his continued support of this podcast. And a massive thank you to Alan Robert for giving us another call so we could talk to him once again. Jason mentioned up front, it's quite an honor to have on a guy from a band we both love for over twenty five years oh, now. Definitely, and they still put out exceptional music. If you have not heard the sound of scars from twenty nineteen, as soon it's as you as good get, as
2: anything they've ever done.
1: Yeah, as soon as you hit stop on this, hit play on that. I'm telling right, you, right? It's actually it's a continuation of the river runs red story. And as you heard, Alan Robert right there in that interview, he said that it might be his favorite album that they ever released. So that's and that's not just someone promoting an album. The album's been out for a year. So that's the type right. of thing people say when the album's coming out next week. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> We've matured and it's my favorite release. <laughs> but you can believe it when it comes from Alan Robert regardless. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he's always been involved in the writing, so and lyrically and everything. So check out Beauty of Horror if you haven't yet, if you're into coloring, if you're just into art. It's very cool stuff. And yeah, very glad to have Alan back. If this is your first time listening, we really appreciate it. Alan was on here on episode 235, so check that one out. We've also had Tommy Victor from Prong, Reed Mullen and Mike Dean both from Crojan Conformity, Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative.
2: Paige Hamilton from Helmet.
1: Yeah, well, he's coming soon.
2: Right, 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 right. And let's thank...
1: You know, we've had on, what, guys from Kirk Winstein from Crowbar and Down. Rob Zombie. Wait. (laughs) You're just getting crazy now. Shit, sorry. Yeah. uh, Robert Plant, James Hetfield, Angus Young. Those are all coming up next week, all three. (laughs) But in reality, we've had on Jimmy Bauer from Down and I Hate God. Steven Taylor from Superjoint and Phil's solo band. And then we've had on guys from... Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, KISS, Megadeth, Testament. A long-ass list. And on top of all that, we now have, I believe it's 11 interviews that have not been released. God. Now that this Alan Robert one comes out, because that was 12. But we mentioned earlier, Red Beach will be coming soon. John Krabi will be coming soon. Donnie V of Enough's Enough. Damon Johnson. Of Brother Kane, Black Star Riders, Damon Johnson in the Get Ready, Finn Lizzy, Blake Bedsall, the vocalist for Saul, Paige Hamilton of Helmet, Mitch Perry of a bunch of different things. Right. Most notably, recently, the Mitch Perry Group, which is a fantastic, classic rock album that came out this year. Tyler Bryant from Tyler Bryant and Shakedown, Mike Spritzer from Devil Driver, Michael... I've never known how to say his last name, the vocalist for Dark Tranquility. Right. He's a fucking legend in the death, the melodic death metal world. Back, people claim, you know, most people say that Dark Tranquility invented that genre. So that one's coming soon as well. And then we've also got our buddy Eric Bass, who's been a fixture yes. in the Tulsa music scene for over 25 years. And even got a little bit with Robin McCauley that we're going to throw on one of these upcoming yes. episodes. Maybe the Red Beach one or something. That's perfect. You know? That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, the reason we have an extra bit from Robin
2: McCauley was because he was part of our Eddie Van Halen tribute, which came out last week. And he gave you a little more. Yeah. And you know what? I even bet they might let you play a Black Swan song on this episode. Yeah, we probably should. Fucking A. Let's do it. Let's do like a, a extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> A
1: Reb Beach Robin Macaulay extravaganza. Man, in 1991, that would have blown my mind. Right. Macaulay, Shanker, Group, and Winger. My mind's
2: blown right now, so fuck you.
1: (laughs) That's right. Well, yeah, it still is, but you know what I mean. (laughs) But that Eddie Van Halen episode, if you're a fan, you got to check it out. It's got, besides Robin Macaulay, it's got 13 other people, including Frank Hannon and Mark Slaughter, Eddie from King, Paige Hamilton, a long-ass list. So dig through that long haul of an episode. The whole thing's about Eddie Van Halen. It's great stuff. But yeah, so follow us on all our socials. You can find them all at thethunderunderground.com. Click like. Share. Whatever you see. If you like it or share it, that's an easy free way to help us out. You can also buy merch from us at thethunderunderground.com. Or you can message us on Facebook or email us at thethunderunderground at gmail.com. Wherever. We appreciate it. And I guess that covers it. You can find us on all social or all uh, podcast platforms and listen there. Once again, thanks to Freeman Promotions, Alan Robert, MedFarm, DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, and Hella Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time, Thunder Underground, y'all.